1: I agree and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoy
2: today's episode.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, episode 155. Again, I'm two for two this, well, not this week, because this week is this is the first episode, <laughs> but I'm two for my last two on getting the episode number right. So that's something. We are, as always, presented by Manscaped and a part of the fan-sided network. So thank you for joining. And uh, I have a, a problem before I ask you guys how you're doing, I'm joined by Amanda and Ryan. Um, I have a problem that I I want to get off my chest because I've had a a rough uh, 36 hours,
3: maybe the whole weekend.
0: So it all started Friday around lunchtime. We recorded our, our last episode and I made a decision. I made a decision to not do a bit that would have been really funny for our draft and instead, I was like, I think I will take this draft seriously, and in doing so, I doomed my co-host Ryan from winning the Twitter poll because we were. Uh, I just split the vote. It's it's like having two award uh, contenders vying for the same award, like a like a Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg in years past vying for the Cy Young, or or you know Trey Turner, Juan Soto. What it would have been like this year, whatever. I, I split the vote. Whereas if I just did my bit, it would have been funny, and Ryan would have got the votes he deserved, because he is being criminally undervoted in our poll, and he's probably going to lose because of it, and I take blame. So in response, the universe and its karmic ways uh, doomed me. I had the coldest day betting yesterday that I don't even want to speak of, but... I just want the universe and obviously our listeners to know that I got my just desserts. Is that the phrase I'm going to go with it? Um, I got, you know, what was coming to me for, for dooming Ryan uh, the chargers lost the the refs. I don't like blaming the refs, but the refs absolutely ruined that game. Uh, so the chargers lost. I lost a lot of money betting. It, it, it was not a good day, just not a good day. So, Ryan, I apologize. Amanda, you lucked into a win. Um,
1: I love it's how not going to happen today. Every time I win a poll, and we haven't even, by the way, nobody even knows whose players are whose because you put them out as player one, two, and three and did not assign our names to them. You and got every, the
2: Soto boost. Let's let's be honest here. I, you could have
1: taken Soto for contact. You took Trout. I was going to take Trout. Yeah, because
2: Trout's better. I
1: understand that. I was going to take <laughs> Trout. You left me Soto, so that's what I took.
2: Nah, you cheated. I'm just you pointing cheated. out,
1: every time I win a poll, you guys come up with some reason why it's not legitimate.
2: It's actually like, weird. There's a glitch in it. Every time someone hit two or three, it automatically
0: voted for one. So, like, we're, oh, we're going to need to investigate this one. Someone commented literally the first reply to the tweet,
3: because
0: soto Soto. like we literally might have to implement rule where juan soto is not draftable in in our drafts because it's just it's such a boost that's literally all we have now as as nats fans is juan soto so it's literally like an ultimate you know uh trump card or you know cheat code it's just not fair anymore even though we're being legitimate with it.
1: if Trout were off the table and you had drafted next for contact, would you have taken Soto?
0: I, I, would have, I would have stuck with David Fletcher because that's the, that's the best contact hitter in the game.
1: All right. If you say so. I don't know, but I'm just uh, saying, I think if Soto had been available that, you know, anybody would have taken him with Trout off the table. Of course I was going to take Trout for contact.
0: Because basically all with
1: anybody with a brain would take Trout, but.
0: All of this it was just my way of saying like fade me in betting because I am on an ultimate cold streak. <laughs> like man, the, it was it was it was not not a good time for you. Universe
1: but had its way with yeah,
0: you. Yeah, yeah, that's for damn sure. But <laughs> how are you guys doing? How was your weekend?
1: Um, I had a pretty exciting weekend. Um, my husband bought a new car, which buying new cars is always fun and exciting. He probably and already has
0: like sixty thousand miles on it, right?
1: Um, it actually has 59,000 miles on no, it. No, but so I'm saying
0: he put 60,000 uh, miles no, on it while we've like, been having this conversation. He
1: puts like 5,000 miles a year on his cars. He barely drives anywhere. I'm I
0: was going to say, do like you crazy. drive everywhere? You just like, oh, I'm driving. Okay. That's I'm like the seventh time today.
1: Yeah. I'm always <laughs> driving. Um, yeah. And we adopted two guinea pigs. My kids have been dying for a pet. Um, I, uh, dogs, I love dogs, but I'm not willing to make the commitment. They're very much work. And, uh, cats are, f- I love cats too, but my, uh, my husband and one of my sons is allergic. So we can't have cats in the house. So guinea pigs.
0: I was going to say you, you've heard Ryan's, uh, horror stories with Finn committing suicide, <laughs> jumping off balconies. And that just scared you off cats.
1: Oh, I've had cats and I like cats. I just like, we've got the allergy issue dogs. I love them to pieces. They're fantastic, but I just know, I know how much work they are because I've had them. And I'm just not willing to take that on with my current insane life. So, anyway, my kids have been dying for a pet. So, we finally pulled the trigger today and bought two little baby girl guinea pigs who are cute as buttons. And uh, my kids named them Rose and Marigold. So, that's what's exciting in my life this weekend.
0: New no additions to the family, very on brand with Amanda. <laughs> Ryan, what's going on with you? You know, I'm doing great. Um,
2: Derek Henry happened. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> uh Dagger,
1: just twisting the <laughs> and,
2: and Nick and I's
0: May fantasy football league, we played each other. I had Derek. Ingrid. I was doing yeah. well too. It's not even like my team was doing poorly. I was like, all right, everyone's everyone's doing well. I'm feeling good. And freaking Derek Henry.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I do not even want to talk about fantasy football. Ryan's team destroyed mine this weekend.
0: There's going to be a freaking common, common
2: theme here. I am good at fantasy football. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. But so the problem is, I so am
2: nine
1: I. <laughs> nine fantasy points this week. He had 40 last week. He got nine this week. And I need DeAndre Swift to get me a quick 40 tonight so I can beat you. That's
0: all. I, <laughs> I just play. That was also what happened yesterday that, was the universe saying, Hey, don't cross Ryan again because we will make it right. And it's just extremely frustrating. I had a weekend, just yeah. all money slipping through my fingers. But geez.
1: I don't ever actually put any money on anything because I like I like gambling. I like that. Actually I lived in Vegas for a while. But gambling is a lot of fun. But every time I put money on something, I lose. So I'm I'm just staying up. I like to play fantasy football, but I'm not putting any money on it and I don't gamble.
0: Well, it's not a gamble when you win, but for me, it it quite literally literally is a gamble. (laughs) (laughs) It quite literally is a gamble. But, all right, moving on to our quick pitch. If you wanted to gamble, there is an award that is currently up in the air with great odds for three very deserving contenders, and that is the Cy Young both in both leagues. I might add. So technically six deserving contenders because it is very much a discussion. The NL MVP seems to be a two-horse race between Tatis and Harper. We talked about that. AL MVP seems to be Shohei. But if Vladdy uh, Jr. wins the Triple Crown, then that's very much a conversation. But right now it seems to be Shohei. The Cy Youngs for both leagues are very, very very much up for debate and discussion however you want to look at it there is a legitimate argument for a bunch of different candidates so we're going to put our name on it now there's about two <laughs> weeks left in the season a lot can change that's even though that's about two starts for these these contenders a lot can change in these two starts like Garrett Cole one of the contenders with the AL just got blown up in his last start does that mm-hmm. take him out of the Cy Young if Max Scherzer has another seven inning scoreless, ten strikeout game. Is he the new favorite for the NL Cy Young, despite being traded midseason? We're going to talk about that now. We haven't really opened up the discussion for the NL or for the Cy Young in general yet, but definitely the NL Cy Young because that's very fascinating. You have three basically unreal seasons uh, from Walker Buehler, Corbin Burns, and Max Scherzer. But uh, Ryan, let's start with you. Who are you feeling? is the favorite for the NL and AL Cy Youngs? Um, the AL Cy Young
2: was very interesting until this weekend. Garrett Colging absolutely shelled when his team needed him the most, kind of helped solidify his fate coming in second place. Um, if he bounces back, if these last two starts and the Yankees make the playoffs, he will win it. I do not think that happens. Um, Robbie Ray is going to win the AL Cy Young, which is, really random but the season he's having is just absolutely absurd only 177 innings which i think is going to be like his only concern when it comes to the voters because voters are rather big on innings for some reason but 233 strikeouts i mean his whip is barely one. 2.64 era The guy does it all, and he has a seven more. Again, very random, but Robbie Ray will win the Cy Young. The NL Cy Young is a two-dog race. Max Scherzer is only in it because his name is Max Scherzer. No one has won the Cy Young being traded midseason. Yes, he went in the same league, but a lot of people see their stats reset once they're traded. Um, And again, I don't think you'll have the innings to get it done. Um, So it's right now between... Corbin Burns and Walker Bueller Bueller. Um, Burns has a very interesting, not very interesting case. Burns has been very legit all year long. Um, He has a two, three era. He leads the league in FIP. He is probably going to win the triple crown, which is the true results for a pitcher. Those are results that don't truly reflect defense in the way. That's why they call him that Um, he's leading all those categories but he only has 158 innings. I have a hard time seeing the voters giving the award to a guy who only will get at most 170 innings when Walker Buehler has essentially the same ERA is on the dominant Dodgers and is going to be well over 200 innings this year. So for that, I'm going to say Walker Buehler wins it. It's going to be close, but I think Walker Buehler gets first and Burns gets second. Yep. Amanda,
0: what do you think?
1: Um, With you in the AL, I think. It's, it's gotta be Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole. Just, I don't know. It just feels like with the Yankees kind of self-destructing as the season has been winding to a close and uh, just his last outing looking so bad. It shouldn't be like, if you have a bad outing like that in, in May, it shouldn't be different than if you have a bad outing like that in September, but it is different because it's fresh in the minds of the voters. So I do think. Let's see, Ray is leading the, leading the AL and ERA strikeouts, quality starts. I, I think he's a clear winner. I think it's clearer there than it is in the National League right now. Um, yeah, I've looked at this National League thing over and over again, and I know Scherzer is kind of a dark horse because of the trade midseason and all of that, but I think if he – see, if two starts left. Who? Scherzer, is he going to have two more starts? Uh,
0: about uh, two maybe three. I'm trying to think the last time you pitched. I think it was Friday. So it's possible he gets a third in, but definitely at least two.
1: So I think I think Bueller makes the most sense for several reasons, the biggest of which you just mentioned, Ryan, which is the innings. I, I just, you know, even being under 200 innings is tough, but being in the 170 range just feels like maybe a bridge too far for a Cy Young. Um, Which, you know, makes Bueller the the more obvious pick. But I really believe that if Scherzer goes out and has two or three more starts like he's been having, I just think that's such a sexy pick for people because I swear to God, the national media act like they just rediscovered Max Scherzer exists now that he plays for the Dodgers again. I mean, he's he's been you know, he's obviously having an incredible stretch right now, but um, he's getting so much more attention than he, get, he has gotten for his incredible stretches when he played for the Nats. So I wouldn't be shocked if, and this is a big if, he goes out and has two or three more starts like we've been seeing out of him. I wouldn't be shocked if he comes in. If he wins it, I'd be a little shocked. But if he comes in second ahead of Burns, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. So I put out an article just over a week ago, checking on the awards and Cy Young was by far and away the Hardest to predict. And as far, I used Vegas odds uh, via Vegas Insider to kind of highlight what the, the current standings were at the time. This was back on September 12th. So even in eight days, a lot has changed. Um, Garrett Cole was the favorite at minus 120, which is a slight favorite if, you, if you're not familiar with betting terms. Walker Bueller was plus 140, which means if you bet on him, you would actually make more money than you bet should he win which just goes to show how close the NL was. My thing with Scherzer is not only did he get traded, but Walker Buehler's on his team. And I just have a hard time believing voters will vote Scherzer over Buehler, who's on the same team, who's been on the Dodgers all year long and played in important games and been consistent. Similar to what Ryan said, like Walker Buehler's stats are very similar, if not better in some areas than Corbin Burns, but... Bueller's been doing it for longer in terms of the amount of innings. So I, st- I do think Bueller wins pending, a, 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 you know, a, a massive blow up in his last two starts. I had Garrett Cole winning in the AL just because Yankees, New York, if the Yankees slide into playoffs, like there's a lot of reasons to, to think Garrett Cole would win. This last start by Garrett Cole probably lost in the AL Cy Young if Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray can just continue what he's doing. Mm-hmm. um it Yeah, just... one
1: bad start really can't do it. When yeah, and, and at it, this point in the race.
0: I agree with you. Like, uh, it shouldn't completely, um, you know, sink
1: Negate what you right, did the whole rest of right, the
0: year. Yeah. Sink their entire hopes, but it, that's just the fact of the matter. Like, with two weeks left in the season, it's going to be recency bias mm-hmm. when it's this close. Like Lance Lynn in the Ale, I think he's deserving, but he he's not going to have the workload. So it really is between Cole and Ray. And if Ray can just be consistent, those last two starts, whereas Cole had this recent blow up, no matter what Cole does in the last two starts, like the, I think the the favorite is Robbie Ray at this point. And again, the Blue Jays have found them or find themselves in playoff contention, whereas like a month ago, they were still on the outside looking in. So I think yeah, Robbie <laughs> Robbie Ray definitely is in that conversation, which leads to a whole nother crazy um you know discussion With the – I apologize, Monty. I know you're listening. Uh, I believe like 2014 Tigers in that rotation because they had Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, David Price, Rick Porcello, which Rick Porcello does seem like an outlier, but he did win a Cy Young. People forget. And now – and Robbie Ray. (laughs) It's so crazy. If Robbie Robbie, Ray wins Cy Young, that 2014 Tigers rotation will have five Cy Young – winners.
1: What a fun little like piece of weird trivia that will be cool to recall like 20 or 50 years from now.
0: And just to, to plug another article to the site, like Monty's starting a series, the, the 10 best teams from the 2010s not to win the World Series. And number 10 was that 2014 Tiger staff because it was timely with. Robbie Ray being in Cy Young conversation. So wild rabbit hole to, to dive down it. If you want to go check out, that's uh, Monty's article on the You're site and do some that. research. Yeah. Do you
1: remember who we picked as our, cause I can't offhand remember who did we pick to win the Cy Youngs and our predictions? Uh,
0: Monty has that. he's our historian. Uh, please take it up with him. Fair enough. Um, I, will, I, I actually, will tweet that I, at him. Quite honestly, don't even remember who I picked in the AO. Like I, I'm sure a lot of us probably picked class now, probably Bieber. Um, yeah, which we haven't heard anything from Bieber this year. Ryan, do we know what's going on with Shane Bieber? Is he, has he been hurt? Has he been um, so
3: bad? It's the exist?
0: same thing. Just it's just
2: the Guardians. Like no one cares about them. Uh Jose Ramirez is probably like the third best player in baseball, and no one's talking about him. No, um, he's dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Okay, he's been he's
0: been fine, but like he's just been hurt. Yeah, so the the workload definitely isn't going to be there. Even if his numbers he's got were a typical. three two eight ERA which we, we act like is so un, undeserving, but it's actually right, it's like, really, really right. solid. So yeah, but yeah, not
1: too shabby. The
0: Cy Young race will be amazing to follow. Uh, it makes like how we view Max Scherzer starts, the must watch uh, every start for these Cy Young contenders is a much wa- must watch because I, I'm sure these, these pitchers are all uh, Preferring a World Series title over a Cy Young win uh, award win, but these performances do dictate whether or not they are going to win a Cy Young, and you can literally see them win or lose the award based on the outing, and it's phenomenal, phenomenal stuff to watch. I but drama. Speaking of phenomenal stuff to watch, and in this case, listen, Ryan's going to take us through the weekend's happenings with his weekend review. Ryan, take it away. We have twelve games remaining
2: as we are in the final stretch and things are getting hot we start off with some history as salvador perez sets a it will be record for home runs by catcher in a single season he hit his 46th home run on monday and He is taking the lead in the home run contest between him, Shohei Otani and Vlad Jr. It'll be very fun to watch as those three battle out with 12 games left. The Cardinals made a massive statement this weekend as they swept the Padres taking the commanding three game lead in the wild card spot. Padres manager Jace Tingler may be on the hot seat as the San Diego Union Tribune calls for changes as his team suffered a devastating collapse as they finally got healthy. The Red Sox have won five in a row to take a one game Lead on top of the Blue Jays in the wild card spot. The Yankees struggles to continue as they are now one and a half games back of the Blue Jays, and they're only half a game above the A's. And we'll and will be experimented with moving mounds back. And so far, there hasn't been that much of a deviation of runs. Everything so far has been just about the same in those minor leagues that saw the mound change. Only one game separates the Giants and the Dodgers in the NL West. Giants look to be the first team to win 100 games this season. The Phillies took 2-3 and the Braves lost 2-3. So the Phillies are just two games back with 12 to go. This is a massive week to the side. The worst division in baseball. Phillies have seven left with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Atlanta has eight left with Arizona and San Diego. After that, the two meet in Atlanta for a three-game set to the side the division let's check in on the rest of the division in fifth place are the 61 and 88 nationals they play miami and have blown two separate three run leads in the first game of the set in fourth place are the 63 and 86 marlins they chopped two or three against the pirates and they have come back from two separate three run deficits props to them in third place are the 73 and 77 mets after they lost two or three to the phillies they have to head to boston and then they play milwaukee That sucks. Another report came out that the Mets are aiming high, including Billy Bean and Theo Epstein, as they look for someone to help Cohen stop tweeting and causing a, quote, ruckus within the front office. In second place are the 76 and 73 Phillies. After talks of a disappointing season the entire season, they're right in the heart of division race. As I said, they're only two games back. They took care of New York. Now they have the Orioles. They're only 8-9 and in September, but... It's been enough to gain two games on the Braves as things get close. And lastly, in first are the 77 and 70 Braves. Giants took 2 3 from them, which included a Kevin Gosman walk off home run. They look to write their tough stretch with the Diamondbacks up next. This has been your week in review. Make sure you guys head on over to T Public and search Half Street High Heat to keep up with all of our latest swag designs and so much more. This has been your week in review.
0: So I hadn't heard about the Jace Tingler rumors, I guess. Uh, not that it's all that surprising with the seemingly unrest going on there in San Diego. There is obviously very high expectations coming into the season and even through the first half of the season uh, with where they were in the standings and how they're performing. And obviously Tati is kind of emerging as the face of baseball. But now it very much seems like... Uh, things are falling apart, not just in the standings and with games, but internally as well from the outside looking in. Um, and obviously that falls on the manager's shoulders to fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've seen that kind of happen with the Nats. You get the, the keys to uh, a Corvette with a person that just got their license and it doesn't always work out the best. Uh, you, you've seen that. You know, plenty in sports, but definitely with the Nats and all the managerial changes we we went through over the years. Um, Could we see that with the Padres, Ron? Do you you think the Padres make a a change this year? And Not that I like his style, but the Padres and and White Sox went in two very different directions, even though they were two similar situations with the young and upcoming teams that needed a few more pieces to be established uh, so that they could become contenders. Padres went with the young... Uh, Guy and Jace Tingler, Uh, White Sox went with Tony LaRusso, very established and experienced. Do you think the Padres move on and try to get someone more experienced?
2: So the Padres handed over a very, very analytically driven ship to an analytical manager. I think that was the right move, but... I really think he's going to be fired. Um, A lot of people in the baseball world were very surprised when this article came out from the San Diego union tribune uh, that was essentially calling for his job, saying it's time for him to be fired. He is kind of being the fall guy for a lot of the front offices, mistakes and trades. Um, They've done a pretty good job for agency, but there's been a lot of guys that they've traded in that basically have combined for less than six war and, a lot of those guys underperformed. You have an analytically, analytically smart front office. They kind of botched that there. Um, but the big issue that the article referred to was he's kind of lost the clubhouse. The article talked about how there's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of frustration into the clubhouse. We saw that when Tatis kind of showed up, the umpire when he struck out and Machado had a big brother moment yelling at him in the dugout. Apparently there's a little more than that, that we've seen. There's a lot of players that are upset in the, clubhouse that voice concerned about it so pretty sure tingler is going to be on the hot seat come this offseason if they fail to come back
1: yeah i think they're going to have to somebody's going to have to take the ball for what's happened with them they had such high expectations this year and they were looking so good going into the the last stretch of the season and uh yeah i i wouldn't be at all surprised that situation with machado and tatis you know i actually don't i don't hate situations like that at all i think it's good when you see players kind of policing themselves and policing each other, but it does maybe indicate that there's a, you know, like a, a, a dearth of leadership going on in the clubhouse um, that they're having to do that. And it's pressure cooker too. And the, the expectations were so high, things are slipping away. And I think you're just seeing, I think I tweeted that at you, Ryan, where you, you tweeted something about it. And I was like, this is whatever the opposite of pressure-free baseball is <laughs> that we've been talking about is what they're doing in San Diego right now. And uh, I keep thinking how different things might be had they paid whatever price the Nats were asking when they were deep in talks for Max Scherzer right before the Dodgers swo- swooped in and got him.
0: Yeah. That's something uh, we talked about. So last episode for, for those who don't remember, we did it backwards. We recorded our draft first because Amanda had to, to leave it a little bit early, but that's something Ryan and I talked about. Like the Podgers have to be sitting there angry oh, with so- themselves not only because they didn't get Max Scherzer and he's performing at godlike levels, but also that he went to the Dodgers and the Dodgers are all of a sudden 20 games better than the Padres were when all season long, at least in the first half, they were neck and neck. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just insult to injury constantly for the Padres. So it does seem like Jace Tingler will be the fall guy. Uh, Sad to see. Uh, I, I don't think from what I heard, I, I don't think it, it, it's necessarily mismanagement, but when you lose the clubhouse, it, it's pretty tough to get it back. We, we've seen that. Obviously, people will remember Matt Williams and how quickly <laughs> that went south, uh, manager of the year to being fired the next year. So things do change in baseball. It'll be definitely, probably the most, definitely, probably like what I definitely did there. Um, it will be one of, if not the most desired jobs if it does indeed become available. Uh, I'm sure some of the bottom-dweller jobs will become available. I don't know what's going to happen with Cleveland. Maybe Terry Francona steps away. Because he stepped away due to health, correct? Or right. Guardians. Guardians. So maybe he doesn't come back. That That's a team that's constantly exceeded expectations compared to the talent on their roster. Um, so maybe that job becomes available. But even still, I think the Padres job, would be the most attractive opening should it become available. But moving on to our Nats, just like the Nats are singles merchants, like Ryan likes to say, due to uh, them having a high batting average, but not a lot of runs scored, meaning they hit a lot of singles. Uh, They are quite literally singles merchants in the fact that they only like to win one game in a series. Once again, our Nationals have won <laughs> or one of three games, dropping two of three in the series. They dropped the most recent series to the Rockies. It's wash, rinse, repeat. The tank is on. There is no denying it. They were down 0-2 in the series and came back. King Paolo masterclass on Sunday to maintain the two of three as far as losses. Unreal job by the Nats. What were your guys thinking? Uh, takeaways from the series it's it's actually getting kind of I, I don't know if anyone outside of us is noticing that it's constantly two of three but i'm trying to bring attention to this because i don't know if it's, it's a concern always effort,
2: two or three but always. It, 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 it's so
0: so entertaining to watch
2: you know how Olivia Rodrigo, the songbird of their of, gener- of our generation, posed the question, do you get deja vu? Yes. I do get deja vu <laughs> because all they do is lose two of three. They find a way to win one. It always seems to be the last game of the series. Um, I think they're in top nine right now, so this is game one of the series. We'll see if they win this one. But, yeah, all they do is drop two of three. Um, we talked on Friday's episode how – esmino is perfect for depth he is consistent he is what you need he's just team ace right now he mm. quite literally might be this team so, so sad as it is he's our best pitcher um another pitcher we talked about a lot patrick corbin sucks the road rockies are the worst team in baseball they had like 12 wins coming into september i think they've actually won like eight games on the road in september so maybe you know they're getting a little better um Patrick Corbin stinks. I'm tired of talking about mm-hmm. him. He went four innings and gave up five runs against the Rockies
3: mm-hmm. who
2: aren't good. I mean, yeah. like, they're, they're better than the Nats, but like that's not very hard to do that's right now. They're, <laughs> they're literally 10 games better than the Nats, but like they suck. And he sucked again. I am tired of talking about him. I am shunning Patrick Corbin. That's my takeaway from this series. Patrick Corbin is now being shunned. He does not exist. Until he's a either in the bullpen or b off this team, I am shunning him. He doesn't exist anymore. All in on Espino.
1: So I uh, I tweeted after, during that last Corbin start just without comment uh, the contract status and how much he's due, and I had someone accuse me of assault in my uh, in the in the uh, comments underneath.
2: That's yeah, assault, brother.
1: That's assault, brother. Yeah, um, it, it's tough to take. I don't even I, like. You're right. I don't even want to talk about Patrick Corbin. That is what it is. It's so dreadful. Um, yeah. And by the way, before we move on, and I forget, Monty hooked us up. I tweeted at him and told him we needed our uh, Cy Young predictions from the beginning of the year. Nick, of you course had he
0: has it right away.
1: He does, Johnny on the spot, Monty on the spot. Um, Nick, you had Jacob Degrom and Garrett Cole. Uh,
0: which, shocker! Good
1: picks. I think Degrom had he. Been healthy, obviously. Um, I picked Degrom and Tyler Glasnow, and Ryan, you picked Degrom and Giolito.
0: I haven't heard a lot about Giolito this year. I think because Lance Lynn and Rodon have been so dominant. Like I'm sure Giolito's been doing fine, but you haven't heard a lot of. Yeah, no, no,
1: Cy Young buzz certainly.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So when well, that's keep
1: losing. I, it's good. That's, I guess, my whole takeaway on that. Two out of three, all the time.
0: I'm the mad at myself for going voice. so chalk. Like I, I would have thought I would, would have at least given one, like a little bit of a out of the box pick, like not that Giolito was out of the box pick, but it's at least it's different from Garrett Cole. But I think my mindset was, I probably went Cole because he hadn't won a Cy Young award before. So mm-hmm. that's that. And the Grom seemed like such a shoe in, but
1: Monty went Walker Bueller and Garrett Cole so
0: look at that all right so now I am full on the train for Corbin Burns to win (laughs) (laughs) because I am not here for the Monty uh um uh victory lap that he's inevitably going to do should Walker you might have
1: to get there for the Monty victory lap
0: yeah this is true all right but back to the Nats back to the uh not so fun stuff although it is it it is funny but not so fun uh, actually, no. Let, let's talk about something fun. We're talking about some fun stuff, right yeah. here. Yeah, Ka- Kyber Ruiz is getting hot, and that's obviously good news. You have Josiah Gray, who is the other big piece in that deal, L- working through some stuff right now. I'm not, I'm not disheartened by it. He's going through, you know, what every young player goes through. I'm not worried about it. I don't think it affects his long term future outlook. Just working through some stuff, and he's going to have all offseason to kind of right the ship and get better, as all players do. But Kyber Ruiz is finally starting to put the pieces together. Had a great day today, today being the first game of the um, – who are we playing today, the Marlins again? The, yeah, first day of the Marlins series. Uh, great day. How are we feeling about Kyber Ruiz? Obviously, I, I know both of you were still very optimistic on him, despite a, a, a slow start offensively. How are we feeling – is the, the Kybear train in full motion now? Are we still, still getting up to the maximum opportunity? my ticket.
1: I'm so, on board. So <laughs>
2: the, the thing with young players, especially young prospects, you want to see these flashes. You're not looking for straight consistency. If they can give you consistency, that's very rare. You look for these flashes. Ruiz is giving us this flash right now, and it's very fun to watch. In his last seven games, he's hitting 360, 407, 440. That's an 847 OPS. Average for catchers is barely north of 700, so that's great. He has one strikeout in his last seven games. He does not strike out a lot in the minor leagues. That's very good to see. Uh, eight RBIs That's not actually sorry, that's up to date. Um, and he's eight for his last 13 with four RBIs. We are seeing that flash through Ruiz right now. He's getting hits on both sides of the plates. He has a good eye, and he's just putting the ball in play a lot, making solid contact. And it's great to see because I do think his him reaching his potential is very, very crucial for the Nationals. And we're seeing that flash that he can reach his potential,
0: and I'm so excited for it. God, it's so good to see. Amanda, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah,
1: um, I co-sign that. um, You you can't expect young guys, especially really kind of doing their first work in the major leagues, to just be good. They're not just going to come from AAA and come to the major league level and continue what they were doing at AAA. You just don't see that almost ever. Um, But seeing what they're capable of is really important and getting to see this. I already feel like there was a, a whole segment of of the Nats fan base that was like writing off Josiah Gray and Gabriel Ruiz like how could we have only gotten these bums for Max like (laughs) oh my god I know it makes me nuts but you know these guys were top-rated prospects in a top-rated farm system for a reason and um I'm I'm very excited for both of them we did talk recently about were we concerned about what we were seeing from Ruiz and we weren't and uh this is It's fun to see. I'm sure the off season, you know, he'll maybe start slow again next year. A lot of players start slow at the beginning of a season, even, you know, kind of gray bearded veterans, even you see talking to you, Ryan Zimmerman, but, um, a lot of (laughs) people start slow and, um, seeing him kind of find his groove here in the last couple weeks of the season is really great. Not only for us to watch, because obviously it's a lot of fun to watch, but it's great for him as far as getting his confidence, feeling like he can compete at this level. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. I'm on the Ruiz train.
0: As you should be, and as everyone should be. I mean, let, we've been preaching it for the week. So I'm not going to, you know, beat a dead horse, but let these rookies, these young guys, allow them room to grow, allow them room to work through their issues. That's quite literally what the Nationals as an organization are doing. They're saying, hey, no matter what's going on, you're going to have opportunities to work through your struggles. You are not going to get, relegated, demoted, uh, punished, whatever, if you struggle. Victor Robles was kind of a different situation because it had been so, so, uh, so prolonged. And with the combination of Lane Thomas doing so well, it was like, well, it doesn't make sense to platoon these guys when Robles clearly needs more at-bats to work through what he's going through and Thomas needs more at-bats because he deserves it so it was kind of like what we saw with the catcher's position they sent down Tres Barrera so he could play every day they kept uh prior to that they kept uh Kyber Ruiz in AAA despite the fact that he was major league ready so that he could play every day and now Robles is playing every day in AAA working through his struggles, doing well offensively, which is encouraging. Thomas is playing every day in center field, still killing it for the Nats. Best of both worlds. You know, as fans, we need to allow these players uh, the time to work through these, these struggles should they arise. It's good to see Kyber hasn't gotten too discouraged by any slumps that he's fallen into, specifically offensively at the big league levels. He's finally turning it around it's just a small taste of what you know fans expect and hope for so that that's good stuff
1: can we talk real quick before you move on about Lee Thomas just Mm -hmm. um he hit a bomb straight to like straight away dead center at Marlins Park tonight (laughs)
0: Who does a that? deep, that's a who deep does that from field.
1: i know i don't even know what the, i was like getting ready to put the kids in bed and what did you see super his Day
0: face Day. when uh he hit the pop-up to right field and the guy caught it barehanded
1: yes that was super funny he, and then there was, was a like weird so... cut in the video too where they like switched cameras right well, as it it's happening and i
0: mean like... i have grown up i don't know about you but i've grown up watching my team play for Masson. so i'm used to weird camera cuts and uh bad camera angles and mm-hmm. whatnot So that wasn't surprising to me in the least, but uh, yeah, moving on to someone who we did allow plenty of time to work through his struggles. We got encouraging results there for a while, but he has cooled off a lot recently and that's Carter Kibu. Yeah. (laughs) It's obviously, we wanted the narrative to be, oh, he's completely turned it around, but he's still young. He's going to go through slumps, but this one has been a little bit of a extended slump. Um, Ryan, I know you got the stats. Uh, what, mm-hmm. What's he been doing recently?
2: Um, So his last, all the splits recently are ugly. His last seven games, he's batting 0.083. Uh, that's a 241 on base percentage with, 0.083 slugging he did have two walks today which was nice he had some pretty good base running um but he went one for 12 in the Rockies series which really brought his numbers down um he's hitting 214 313 on the, sorry i don't have a slugging hand me i just have his ops he's hitting 214 with a 648 ops on the season Cardi to is it's hot and he's cold um i said on this i said on this pod not that long ago i was excited about him because he was finally showing it and then he immediately turns around and just goes cold. <laughs> he's like, I got Shaq's approval. I'm good. <laughs> like the man's middle name is all's when the greatest middle name of all time. I th- I still think he's fine. I still think Carter Keebam is going to work through it. Everyone goes through cold stretches. The unfortunate thing Carter Keebam has a lot of them. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's just, it's growing pains and we just, We've got to get through these and just hopefully very, very soon we stop having these very, very long bouts where he just can't hit anything. And he can become more consistently because he has shown us a couple flashes this year, which is very, very encouraging. It's just they're always followed by very, very long cold streaks. And that's what's frustrating.
1: Yeah, I um, I do think I agree with you that he's I think still think he's going to be OK. Um, I don't have the kind of hopes I had for him ever becoming what we initially thought he was going to become, but I do expect that he'll become a serviceable major leaker. Um, but as you said, they're not going to get sent down. They're not going to get punished. They're going to be able to all these young players like keep to work through whatever they need to work through. And he's got this opportunity with the team in a full on tank here, um, to just play and play and play through the struggles but it is, it's not pretty to watch, especially in a time when the offense has actually been kind of chugging along. I mean, we've seen it. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the difference in the offense since the trade deadline is hysterical to me. Like the fact that we totally tore the team apart and the offense has been better than it was before we did that. I mean, obviously the pitching is just absolutely putrid. Um, You just can't even, like we said, we're not, we're not going to talk about Patrick Corbin. Um, He's been just awful. Um, when Espino's your ace, you know, your pitching staff is not good and um, you, they can be not good and they can work through their struggles too. And I think we're just seeing that with them. And we're going to see that with key Boom And hopefully by the end of next season, when we get a much longer look at him and he gets a full, hopefully a full season here at the major league level um, in a, in a season where they're not likely to be competing for anything, we'll, we'll know a lot more about who this guy really is by this time a year from now.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, and we all kind of talked about, we, we talk outside of this podcast, or, or at least while recording it, and we talk about how, you know, next year is probably going to be an, a, an extension of this year, hopefully better than what we've seen in August and September thus far, but definitely going to be an extension of this year. We shouldn't uh, fully expect to be back in, in 2022. We can d- take steps to get there, but we will not necessarily be all the way back in 2022. Um, so that, Allow someone like Hebum time to work through his stuff. Same thing with Robles. Same thing with uh, you know any of the young guys, the catchers, Garcia, uh, Lane Thomas, whoever. You know, it allows them time to work through their stuff, and it allows time for the Nats to kind of wait and see before they rush to a decision. Maybe like they did with Lucas Giolito, saying he was more of a reclamation project than a proven thing at the time of the trade. Very clearly (laughs) uh, a proven thing, not not a proven thing, but he was going to be a guy and maybe the Nats, you could argue that the Nats might've given up on him a little too early. They don't want to make the same mistake twice. So 2022 is going to be a time for them to, you know, evaluate guys a little bit better, give them more of an opportunity to prove themselves. But one thing that does not have to prove themselves or one company, one product, manscaped manscaped does not have to prove themselves they've been the number one leader in male grooming for some time now i don't know what year they were created but they've been the best ever since they became a thing they are still the best and timely because uh i am terribly a a very evidently a terrible sports gambler i'm gonna do the sports gambling read attention gamblers of all shapes and sizes our friends at Manscaped have a can't-miss bet for you today. I like the sound of that. The male or the leaders in male grooming just launched their fourth generation performance package. The betting odds are in your favor when you use the Lawnmower 4.0 on your balls. Across the board, this is the package to get you in the mood for whatever your gambling heart desires. Are you ready to take the leap to male grooming royalty? I sure am. I could use a can't-miss bet. Two million men worldwide already have you can join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our promo code HSHH20. Like I said, this will get you 20% off and free shipping your entire purchase. No exclusions, no uh, limited time only. Well, you should definitely do it right now so you can get a a jumpstart on your male grooming if you haven't already. But 20% off and free shipping your entire order. The performance package, if you are interested, which you definitely should be. Lawnmower 4.0, which is the best grooming tool out there. The Weed Whacker, which is their ear, nose, hair trimmer. Also, best grooming tool out there. They're tied. They're they're co-best grooming tools. You get the uh, Cropper Viber, the Cropper Toner, both exceptional The shed travel bag, which is just like a nice little travel bag to throw your goodies in and a pair of boxers, which comfy boxers. I literally went back and bought more boxers from the site because of how comfy the ones uh, were that I got from the performance package. So you get my seal of approval as well. And that's really all you need. But again, go to manscaped.com. Use our promo code HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping today. All right. So, I'm sure you guys all expected this coming. Um, our last episode, we did a draft where we created the best five tool player based on traits uh, of players around the league. Um, those uh, results went on Twitter earlier today. I haven't looked at the poll, don't care what the poll is. I'm on to this next draft. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: We are going
0: to do pitchers specifically. Pitches in baseball. And I know this has been done elsewhere before. I don't really care because all you should focus on is our draft and what we pick, right? And that's all I'm focused on. I'm not worried about the outside noise. I'm worried about making this draft the best draft yet. Okay. So the way it's going to work, you can pick a pitch in baseball from any pitcher. They have to be active. So you can't take like Mariano Rivera's cutter or anything like that. They have to be active. You have to take a fastball. Whether it's a four seam, a two seam, a sinker, whatever, you have to take a fastball, and you get four pitches. You can make him whatever you want. So if you want to take a four seam, two seam, sinker, those are three of your your pitches. If someone wants to take same thing as last episode, if someone wants to take, um, you know mariano river well you can't take mariano Rivera. If someone wants to take max scherzer's fastball after someone's already taken max scherzer's curveball they are allowed to do so uh just because one pitch has been taken from a pitcher doesn't necessarily mean no one else can go back to the well on that pitcher a
1: hey, quick question oh god does it have to be starters
0: no okay no i don't know um so we good i think so all right let me go to my random.org Should have had this already, but here we go. All right. So we got Amanda, Ryan, Nick, and a scintillating content. Randomize. All right. All right. I can work with this. First pick goes to Ryan. Second pick myself. Third pick Amanda. Snake draft as always. This is one I really didn't want third pick because there's one pitch I need to take. But nevertheless, Ryan, you get to start us off. Big pressure. You get the 1-1. One, one. What's the best pitch in baseball? What are you thinking? Um, I know what
2: Sorry, let me rephrase that. I know what the best pitch in baseball is. I know I can get it on my way back. I wanted the first 3. Sorry, I wanted the third pick, but that's all right. Um I'm starting off. I'm staying away from the analytics for my first pick, but I'm going with Shohei Otani's splitter. Um, It has a batting average of 0.067. That's the lowest in baseball amongst all pitches. It has a slugging of 0.084. That is the lowest slugging of all pitches in baseball. It has a 51 with percentage, a 58K percentage. It's absurd. It is the toughest pitch to hit in baseball and has the lowest slash line against um, those numbers are absolutely filthy respect Shohei Otani's splitter. Again, like I said, I'm sticking to a hat in my mind.
0: So that's why I'm picking him first. That's fine. Um, man, when, when you throw, wh- what's a splitter, like a 91, 92 mile an hour splitter. <laughs> it averages 88.5. Okay. So a little bit slower, but ne- nevertheless, it it's still seem to phenomenal, hurt it <laughs> s- phenomenal. I'm, that wasn't intended to, to take away from Shohei Otani, it, it is one of if not the best pitch in baseball um all right my pick i get the one i wanted although shohei otani splitter was on my list so that that is unfortunate but I'm we fantastic. ride we ride i am going with one of if not the most aesthetically appealing pitches in baseball i there's a fastball I really want, but I I think I can get it on the way back. So I'm not as concerned right now. So I'm going to go with the pitch. I wanted my number one on my big board. And that is Clayton Kershaw's curveball. Mm. The most satisfying pitch to watch in baseball. It's just a perfect 12, six. Let me pull up the stat his lifetime. So the lifetime batting average against his curveball is a one thirty four, which is absurd. And he, um, there was a stretch where he hadn't given up a home run on office curveball in like years. So I don't really need to do much to sell it. Go watch it if you haven't seen it or don't remember what it looks like. Just so pretty, so aesthetically appealing. Clayton Kershaw's curveball is my first pick.
1: It is a very good one. Okay, so Otani splitter was very much on my list. So I'm sad to see that one off the board. I think I'm going to go with Corbin Burns's cutter. That has a run value of negative 23, which is good just ins- pick. Good pick. It's just hey, crazy.
2: Hey, Amanda, um, uh-huh. explain what run value is because I was going to explain it when I picked my next one.
1: Oh, okay. Well, my understanding is basically how many runs you should expect to be scored against a particular pitch. So, zero being the average. If it's a positive number, that is not good. A negative number is good. And the more negative, the better. The next one, by the way, for run value is a uh, manual place, which is negative 13. So 10 better, which is just crazy.
2: Good pick. Good, good pick.
1: All right. My next one. Oof. Okay. So I like the cutter. I think I'm going to go with, I do love a curveball. I might take. I might take Craig Kim. No. God, this is a hard one. All right. Oh, I'm no. going to
2: prime prime Kimbrel's fastball is
0: dumb. I
1: know <laughs> I mean, she was I saying know.
0: curveball, which his knuckle curve is very good. Too. His
1: knuckle curve is very good, but He's I'm just, just, I'm so torn right now. I think I'm going to go ahead and go fastball because I don't want to miss out on this one on the way back. Um, this one, I'm actually super torn between a couple of them, but just looking at the stats, I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Josh Hader's for
0: seamer. I mean it's not a bad pick.
1: it's not a bad pick and I know it's a little bit off the wall because it's not the one you think of but the batting average against is 106. it's got a, a whiff rate of 40 it's it's a phenomenal pitch it's not the one he gets the most play for but as I'm sitting here looking, <laughs> up and down the the list of who's got the best pitches. There are ones with better run value, but those for for me, what I love to see is that low average against that's, that's what I look for in a great pitch. And that's really the only thing that matters. The rest of it, the whiff rate, all of that, like it doesn't really matter how you get somebody out. What matters is that you get them out and the batting average against being only one Oh six was the, the kicker for me on that one. So there you go. Josh Hader's for Seamer.
0: Good pick. Um, man, I want to go – there's two pitches I really want, and I'm concerned whichever one I don't take, <laughs> Ryan will take, and it's really going to bother me. So I'm struggling here between two. I'm going to go change up because I think I'm okay with my backup fastball options, whereas my backup change up options I'm not as confident in, even though there are some good changeups out there. I'm going to go Devin Williams change up. I mean, the, the pitch literally, I mean, it, it's pitching ninja who called it that, but it, it literally has a nickname. It's an airbender. It's absurd. The the thing just falls off the table. It is absurd. I uh, absolutely love it. I mean, I, I think I might just go uh, you know, a, a lineup of aesthetically pleasing pitches because uh, it's, just fun. And so far, I, I have that. But uh, he, he throws his change up 63% or well, 64% of the time, which goes to show you how dominant it is that the fact that he has a 2.5 ERA and he throws his change up that much more so than his fastball. He throws his change up more than half the time. It's it, it,
1: crazy. That's an unusual situation.
0: His batting average against it is 162. Like his uh, average exit velocity is 83.4, which isn't hard at all, especially, you know, in today's uh, major league. Whip percentage is a 47.6. So just under half the time people swing at it, they don't hit it. Like it's absurd. One of the best pitches in baseball, but also one of the best pitches to look at in baseball as well. So that's my second pick. I like it. So. I'm
2: between two pitches for this one. Um I I was kind of hoping I was gonna get the third pick for this, but that's okay. Um, I'm gonna go with who I originally had and I was gonna rant about what run value was, but Amanda <laughs> decided to bring that one up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out my run value here. Um <laughs> and i'm going to go i'm going fastball and i'm going carlos Rodon's fastball mm. he has a run value of negative 25 that is the best run value of all pitches in baseball this year as amanda said mlb average is 0 um his is negative 25 guys are hitting just .204 Figure with, it's rather good, uh, a 0.348, <laughs> a 0.348 slugging against a fastball is absurd and he has a 30% strikeout rate. Um, his fastball is rather, rather good. So I have my fastball and I have my splitter, um, my next pitch and to shame he got hurt, but probably the reason why he got hurt is because he's throwing a 95 mile per hour slider and I'm yep. going Jacob DeGrom mm-hmm. slider uh guys this year hit .096 with a .175 slugging against it he has a 60% k percentage with his slider we 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 saw it this year early when he won a complete game shutout against nats that slider is absolutely absurd the fact that he's touching 94 95 with the slider is absolutely cheating it's not <laughs> normal. <laughs> like A human being should not be able to do that. And so with my third pick, I am going Jacob Gram's slider.
1: That's a great one.
0: I was wondering when the sliders would go off the board. Um, there's a lot of good ones throughout baseball. It seems to be the go-to pitch as far as a put-away pitch. Uh, people think it's the curveball, but really it's the slider. Jacob DeGrom has one of the best, if not the best. I'm going with a uh, a different slider. Maybe I should go fastball. No, Amanda went fastball. I can wait on my fastball. I'm going to go with the slider here uh, because Amanda has not and it's so he he's back to pitching this year. He was hurt for a while but his pitch, his slider has always been one of the best. It's insane how much horizontal movement it gets it's a complete wipeout slider doesn't matter if it's to lefties doesn't matter if it's to righties it's one of the best pitches in baseball and i'm sticking with my theme of one of the most aesthetically pleasing pitchers out there possible i'm going chris sale slider because that thing is a wipeout pitch i mean not that chris sale is a schlub but his slider has always it is always a pretty pretty
1: pitch i've seen I mean, that one on pitching ninja and it's just mesmerizing
0: uh limited sample sizes here because again he just got back from um i believe it's Tommy John but 158 batting average against uh his spin rate is 2200 which is very good i mean like i said to get that much horizontal movement on it you're going to need some some spin rate on it the spin is literally what determines how much it, a ball breaks or if it doesn't break at all. So that's very good. Uh, Yeah. Chris Hale slider. I'm pretty confident in my first three.
1: Yeah. um, You can't hate that. Um, Okay. So I want a slider and I want a curve ball. So let me go. Blake Trinan's slider. Okay. which is uh, he, he's got some pretty wicked looking pitches. Um, that one, the batting average against is 0.08. And which is also the slugging percentage against, which is interesting. It also has a 46.1 with percentage and a 26 and a half put away pretty percentage. So it's a pretty good pitch. Um, I've really struggled with curveballs curveballs are my favorite pitch it, a pitch in the world I love them they're so satisfying somehow. Um, I'm going to go although he got hurt this year which was super unfortunate with Dustin Mays curveball.
0: That's a good one to he, He's on my list, or was on my list for certain pitches. So. Yeah,
1: that's just a really pretty curveball. He he was looking unbelievable early in the season. It was so unfortunate to see that he got hurt. I mean, yeah. I can't even imagine the Dodgers are so freaking stacked anyway. What they would have been like with May, uh, but yeah, that's that's my pick for the curve. So I think I'm done, right? Got my four. Yep,
0: you are done. So uh, I'll, I'll recap all of them at the end. I need a fastball. I've gone everything, but uh, there's plenty of great fastballs out there. I don't, Ryan. I don't know what you're necessarily going to end with, but uh, I mean. there's plenty there's plenty like even uh he just got shelled but garrett coles fastball is always gonna be one of the best or one of my favorites uh you need to be able to dot him up uh whenever you need to and a good old 99 to 100 mile an hour fastball does just that Uh, but i'm going for the pure blow away power uh, of a fastball the unhittable doesn't need moving because it's coming at you at 105 miles an hour. I'm going to roll this Chapman's fastball.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, yeah, he, he he tends to get shelled from time to time. But it's hard I to argue pitcher, with 105
3: miles an hour. If I have now. a
0: pitcher throwing 105, I'm feeling pretty good about his fastball. So uh, th- that's my mindset behind it. So I'm running out my draft with the roll of Chapman's fastball. Ryan, why don't you close us out? What are you ending your, your pitcher with?
2: Uh Chapman fastball, that's a good pick. Um,
0: I really forgot he
2: existed. But so did
0: I until I was like, oh wait, he probably the hardest <laughs> throwing pitcher alive. So so
2: I am going curveball. I have my fastball splitter slider. Um, I thought about going change up, but I'm on the curve and I'm between three dudes here. I kind of don't want to like acknowledge the fact that Adam Wainwright of all pitchers is having a very good season, so I don't <laughs> want to pick curveball. him. He's such a good curveball. Um, I can't go Charlie Morin, even though as good as it is, he plays for the Braves. The Braves aren't real. Um, so I'm gonna go Craig Kimbrell's curveball. Amanda mentioned. I curve, almost to be went specific. that one. I know Knuckle it's curve. a good one. Yes, and it is filthy. We saw it a lot when he was on the Braves. He's on the White Sox, and he's still terrorizing hitters with it. Um, 108 batting average against it, 108 slugging, 53.2% curveball. Um, I'm sorry, strikeout rate and the 60% whiff rate. Enough said. Yeah, I'm going Craig Kimbrell, curveball, knuckle curve to finish it
1: out. Yeah, that one is – I was very torn on that one. That was definitely on my list, but that's a great, great pitch.
0: I am shocked. And slightly angry that you guys did not pick change ups. Yeah. Change ups are so important to a pitcher's arsenal. Just the delta in speed, plus if you have movement to it, which obviously a lot of the great change ups do, it, it's it's the perfect complement. I mean, well, look, let us at,
1: pick a fifth pitch. We'll pick no, some change ups.
0: No, <laughs> no, the rule is four. You guys lost your chance. But some of the the other change, I mean, Stephen Strasburg just right here at home, like has mm-hmm. a phenomenal, one of the best changers in the league, Luis Castillo, another great one. Um, I just went with Devin Williams because I mean, it's just, it's absurd, but I easily could have gone with Strasbourg Castillo. Uh I wanted to pick Blake Trinan sinker because, you know, a 98 to hundred mile an hour sinker. Yeah. Downward movement, it ain't too shabby, but just the, the nature of the way the draft unfolded, a lot of good sliders still on the board. Walker Bueller slider. Um, Max Scherzer slider, Justin Verlander slider. I almost
1: took Max's, but I figured after I just got accused of only winning a poll because I took Soda, oh, I wasn't going to take anything from
0: Max. <laughs> I'll have to do no, more I, the, the uh, blind votes. I wanted I wanted to
2: give him Max's fastball. That's the only reason why I couldn't after giving Amanda so much crap. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I had Max for the fastball and the slider, and
1: I was like, no, I'm not taking anything from Max.
2: If you, if you doubled down on two of his pitches, I would have respected the hell out of it. I would have, I would have
1: won the poll for sure. I would have loved it. Max fans around here.
0: So my <laughs> my uh, thought process coming into this is like, I either take it seriously with uh, highlighting pitches that I absolutely love, being a pitcher myself, or I go full tilt and do the bit I was going to do last draft, but instead I do Max Scherzer's all four pitches for him. Well, I think he throws five, but I, I was going to pick a match Max Scherzer's but. Um, we
1: have to be leading the league in funny bits. We don't do that has to be.
0: Oh yeah. I'm definitely number one right now. Cause last, last draft I was going to do, cause we were doing a five tool player. I was literally going to pick all of five tools from Victor Robles, because as we know, he is the best untouchable five tool five player tool out there.
1: there. So yeah.
0: I, I figured I couldn't <laughs> go wrong, but uh, I couldn't bring myself to do that. So
1: Max I mean, Freed, by the way, was on my curveball list too. He's got he's a, a good
0: one curveball. Charlie Morton, I'm glad you brought him up, Ryan, because like he he's a, a spin rate merchant. Like he, he's extended his career by embracing spin rate, and you can always argue about what did Houston do to magically you know improve spin rate, whether it was sticky stuff, whatever. But you can't deny the results, and Charlie Morton has you know definitely extended his career. I mean, dude just signed a 20 million dollar extension for next year at age like 40 or whatever because of his effectiveness and his spin rate. So that's one that was on her. Uh, I love a good two seam. Dustin Mays was on there uh, for me. You Darvish, even Kyle Hendricks, which Kyle Hendricks mm-hmm. throws like mm-hmm. a 85 mile an hour two seam, but has so much lateral movement that it's just disgusting. Like it's just, I, I could talk about pitches all day if you couldn't tell.
1: So I we, we can't tell. And could I, one thing I noticed when I was looking at stats to prepare for this draft was Otani's splitter is only second for run value, which it was interesting to me. Kevin Gosman's splitter has a, a minus 21 and Otani's has a minus yeah. 14. Does that seem insane to anybody besides me? I don't
0: know. No, I'm not sure uh, how
1: they calculate run value exactly, but God,
0: I'll have i have to look that up. Dropped my mic. Um, <laughs> No, like, uh, Gosman's just having such an unreal season that that's yeah. not necessarily surprising to me. And I remember them saying that the last time the Nats played out in San Francisco, like I was watching and they were talking about uh, how Gosman has relied on the splitter and how basically it's one of the most unhittable pitches in baseball this season. So it's not entirely surprising, but I do think, if there was a quote-unquote right selection, I think Ryan made the right selection. Yes, going
1: absolutely. Otani I mean, splitter one. Going with Gosman splitter wouldn't have been a bad choice, but you can.
0: no, but it also didn't get picked. So
1: right, exactly. Although, like I said, I'm looking at not saying.
0: Of, I'm just saying
1: Otani's is better in every category. I just I need to look up how they calculate run value because that doesn't make sense to me.
0: I thought you were a run value expert. You definitely
1: I know pawned what it, it is. Off like I you don't were. know how they calculate it. I'm going to have to go look.
0: You should have let Ryan go on his rant. Ryan how do they calculate? run value? Wow. What a good
2: question. So <laughs> run value takes the impact of every single event. And that means every single pitch that is thrown, right? It takes in the runners on base, the outs, the ball, the strike count, everything also takes in the location and it takes in your width percentage. All that goes together. And then they compare it to similar pitches in these same locations and compare how the runs differ and how much the runs will basically variant based on that pitches. That kind of sums it up. It's a kind of complicated stat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, As but that's, our most
0: deep dive yeah. analysis. Stats <laughs> in baseball. Yeah.
1: If you don't like stats, you're not going to like baseball. <laughs> yeah. Basically
0: yeah, it just considers
2: every single thing that goes into a pitch.
1: It's very interesting.
0: Speaking of what goes into a pitch, I I I, I, I guess we should probably mention that uh Sam Clay <laughs> walk off wild pitch they're given up by old Sam Clay and the Nats lose eight seven to the Marlins. So
1: commitment to the tank.
0: Uh, a, uh, Ryan, I assume as you. Yeah, a walk off wild pitch uh, is really embracing what the Nats twenty twenty one season is all about. Yeah. So
1: it's hard to get worked up about it anymore, but damn
0: it's funny it's funny not not in like a we're making fun of them way but just like you have to accept the season for what it is we talked about in the last episode but you have to accept the season for what it is it's it's crazy that we're here and i don't know not not going to be overly uh invested uh, in every game anymore like i'm still invested but you know it's part of just letting the 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 players play and the, the young guys grow I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah. But. Yes. So uh, what's left? Just our one big thing tonight?
0: Well, just to recap the, the draft really quick. Oh, okay. um, Ryan Shohei Otani's splitter, Carlos Rodon's fastball, Jacob Grom's slider, Craig Kimbrell's knuckle curve. Oof. I have Clayton Kershaw's curveball, Devin Williams' changeup, Chris Sale's slider, and Aroldis Chapman's fastball. And what is the most aesthetically pleasing pitcher ever? And Amanda has... <laughs> Corbin Burns Cutter, Josh Hader's four seam, Blake Trinan slider, and Dustin May's curveball. So those uh, will be posted. I'll try to get them up tomorrow. Uh, I, I want I want to know right away. I, I'm, I'm moving on from last draft. I'm on to this draft. We're on to Cincinnati, but those results will be posted on Twitter. So be sure to go vote. Now we are moving on to our one big thing, as we do to end every episode. Uh, Amanda, since you were so eager. What do you got to wrap up the show?
1: So Josh Bell is what I want to talk about. Robbing a home
0: run today. Robbing
1: a home run, which is not the thing you expect to hear when you talk about Josh Bell. But um, they need to extend Josh Bell. Um, He has, he had a very rough start with the Nats in, you know, at the beginning of a season, which it's hard to remember, we had, you know, put a championship team on the field aspirations. Um, So it was, it was really tough to watch at the beginning and uh, kind of ask yourself, wow, was this, Yeah, they didn't pay much for him. So it wasn't like it was a bad trade either way, really. But it was hard to be confident that that was something that was really going to work out. And he's really had a great last half of the season. He's really rounded into form. He's found his power. Um, He's somebody that I really want to see them get locked up a little bit longer term so that we can get through what's unlikely to be competitive next year, as we've talked about a lot and uh, into the following years with Josh Bell as a part of this club. So he is uh, watching him. If you haven't seen it, the App Street High Heat account did um, tweet out the video of him robbing a home run in the outfield. It was awesome. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we talked about this offseason needs to be a, an offseason to add at least one building block, if not multiple building blocks, but I would definitely consider Josh Bell a building block. He needs to be long here longer than just for 2022. He, I think he's earned it and he's proven that he's maybe not like a, a top tier first baseman, but definitely a solid first baseman. That won't be a liability. So uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I've always been on the Josh Bell train, but Ryan, what do you got?
2: I don't have anything really. Um, I'm just enjoying, enjoying the collapse of the Braves. Cause I think we're what, 10 years at, the anniversary of the Braves' last Extreme September Collapse, so if the Braves could do it again, um, that'd be rather fun for me, because I am going to have a very fun time trolling the Braves, which, like, I've never done before in my life. I've never trolled <laughs> Braves fans before, <laughs> so this will be really fun for me to do for the first time. Yeah, which...
1: Let us let us all remember Toxic Shack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, like, last week. RIP like to <laughs> our fallen comrade. Um, I, I will say the uh, potential Atlanta Braves tank. Uh, is ha- has large implications for multiple reasons. Obviously, the anniversary, like Ryan pointed out, and the fact that the Braves, who Braves fans love to assume they're just the best, uh, th- them tanking. But also on the flip side, Ryan outlined this last episode: the Phillies make the playoffs. Right, they would be the choice to win, or the option to win, the and at least should the Braves collapse, the Phillies make the playoffs, Bryce Harper wins MVP, you know Toxic Shack is coming back for that as well. So we're talking a complete field day if the Braves pull off uh, an epic collapse. So I am actively rooting for it. Not that I wasn't to begin with, but I am definitely rooting for it now. So uh, my last thing is sort of a programming note, so to speak. So... The season's winding down. Obviously not necessarily the season we had hoped for or wished for or anything like that. Um, Our season definitely will not extend into (laughs) much into October, but we want to do something fun uh, from half street, high heat. And uh, Ryan and I were talking about it. So Amanda, you're actually just finding out about this. So I
2: apologize,
0: (laughs) but (laughs) we're we're, going to do a week long giveaway. And so the last seven days of the season, we will do a, a different giveaway each Uh, each day to kind of just wrap the season say thank you to our heaters for uh, you know all your support throughout the the ups and the downs that came with the 2021 season we want to end the the regular season strong obviously we will still be recording and giving our thoughts and opinions and news and whatever throughout the playoffs and offseason we're not going anywhere but just as a thank you we're going to do seven days of giveaway to end the nat season so um, whatever the last day of the season is Go back seven days, and that's when we'll start. I don't have that off the top of my head, but that should start sometime next week. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up so that way you know uh, what to be on the lookout for. We have some bobbleheads. We have some um, merch from our store. We have some Nat's merch. Uh, It's going to be seven days to win something so if you never won something in your life like me never winning a bet in my life apparently you have the chance to win something so i just wanted to give you guys a heads up to be out be on the lookout for that because that'll be exciting and hopefully you guys will enjoy that as well but that's all i got you guys have anything else before we go i do not ryan anything you good we ride we ride All right, guys, Uh, be sure to check out the website. Like I said, Monty's been, uh, you would think we have Monty locked in a closet somewhere saying write X amount of articles uh, every day. Otherwise you, you don't get to see He's sunlight. He's been trolling
1: me on Twitter while uh, we've been recording. You guys probably haven't noticed yet, but I asked him for well that the that's part of his job
0: description. Yeah. That's part of him being locked up. You have to the, write X amount of articles, I but said. also have yeah. <laughs> to troll Amanda a certain amount of times a day in order to see sunlight. I so had the, forgotten
1: that I I said that um that we'd get a no-hitter out of Patrick Corbin this year. So he was nice enough to post that
0: I mean while we're down that road uh CK had Patrick Corbin as a a dark horse candidate for NL Cy Young so don't if you're going to go down don't go down alone bring CK down with you
1: you know what is an excellent point I will I'll bring everyone down with me I gotta (laughs) go back and find everybody's bad predictions. I'm gonna tell Monty that's fine you do that to me but you better put everybody else's bad ones up there too
0: yeah we're an equal opportunity employer (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> every if one person goes down, everyone goes down. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. um But yeah, Monty's been posting a ton of articles. I, I think I <laughs> we've given him Monty's gone off the rails. We've given him too much control. He's just writing about whatever he wants. But nevertheless, it's all good stuff. It's, it's all good stuff.
1: Awesome content on the great website content.
0: Right so go check that out. Matt and CK still writing for the site too. Obviously, uh, it's just overshadowed by Mon- Monty's flooding to the website right now. But <laughs> good for you guys because you get multiple articles a day on top of the episode on top of the tweets highlight all that good stuff so go check out the website halfstreethighheat.com follow the show at halfstreethighheat ryan at we are all shack amanda at a white 7877 and myself at nationals ace we thank you for listening until next time Let's go, Nats! I assume we're gonna be talking about how the Nats won one and lost one of these next two because they will inevitably drop two of three. So let's go, yeah, Nats! Let's let's drop two of three.
1: Go, Nats!
3: There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause is past the wall to see you. Later! By the early light of dawn, well, you can see they're running scared. Because the kinds of bombs we're launching are in bursting in the air. Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look. Because we're putting curly W's in every book. Let's go!